the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Good day. Happy September 25th. 90 days till Christmas. 91 days till Christmas. Woohoo! Have you got your shopping done? You know what I want. Something big and bootylicious. Something egregious. Something that says wealth. I want a gold iPhone. I want an America's Cup boat. I want something, but I'm not quite sure what it is. 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, primarily and importantly, we'll talk economy today. We'll speak with Briefing.com's Dr. Jeff Rosen about what we're seeing, the economic data today on durable goods and economic data down U.S. home sales and new U.S. home sales, something that we'll chit-chat about. Um... S&P 500 is playing with a five-day losing streak. Oh, no. The Dow's down 10. The Nasdaq down 5. The S&P 500 down 1. 10-year Treasury sits at 2.65%, which is just... Weren't we going to play with 3? Weren't we? And the data just didn't support that. We're an improving economy. We're an improving economy. (laughs) We're a tired improving economy. And that's where the 10-year plays. Gold sits up five. Buckaroos at thirteen twenty-one. Oil sits at one hundred three dollars a barrel. We're talking Obamacare and funding of Obamacare. Government shutdown. Dun dun dun. Drama, right? Samsung's coming out with. Get this. Get this. A gold version of the S4. Hmm. Didn't see that one coming. New U.S. home sales rose to 421,000 rate in August. There's a huge drop in July, up big in August. Three of the four regions posted gains, according to government data. 7.9% growth was the fastest sales pace since January. Economists had expected sales to climb higher in August to a rate of 420,000 versus 421,000, which is what we got. But that compared to the July number of 390. 4,000, a little pent-up demand, relatively low interest rates, even though they moved higher. Um, the supply of new homes on the U.S. market fell to a five-month number, 5.2 months of inventory. If we don't build anymore and we keep at the same rate of purchases, we would run out of homes in 5.2 months. Amazon.com adds Mayday button. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I don't know how to turn on my... Kindle. So it's a 24 hours a day on-screen video customer support. 
similar to the Genius Bar. I know you're saying Genius Bar. Apple? Okay, I get it. So this is for the technophobes out there trying to figure out how to use their tablets. Wall Street is a buzz and a flutter with that news today. I'm kind of like, eh. Eh. Moody's warns that debt limit fight, government shutdown would hurt the economy. Thank you, Moody's. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Credit rating services, you bore me. You're always a little late to the party. Stalemate of increasing the nation's $16.7 trillion debt limit. It would be breached as early as mid-October. Probably would have the more severe consequences because of fears of a first-ever federal government default. Credit rating company, Moody said in a report today. I just I feel like we've been here, done that. Like once you've seen two bums fight, you never have to see another bum fight in your life. And I really sense that this debt limit fight is a lot like a bum fight. Concord's annuity. They initiated Facebook today with a buy rating, sixty dollar price target. Everyone loves Facebook now. Me too. I just want it to be known on the record. Me too. Global growth, user base, monetizing Instagram. Company shares trading higher. It'll probably play with $50 a share today if the markets were cool. Stock doubled in the last couple of months. Surpassed its IPO. Everyone loves Facebook. Me too. Tesla. Their stock is running on fumes, but they don't consume fumes, right? That's what um, analysts are, they're basically trying to say. At some point in time, they only sell so many cars. I saw the head of Chevy said that we will sell more volts, electric cars, than they sell Model S's this year, and we'll lose less money doing it. Now, that executive from Chevy also went on to say, I like Facebook. Tesla CEO Elon Musk, considered to be an entrepreneurial super genius, trying to help societal good. General Motors VP of Global Development said he's working on an electric car with 200-mile range and a price tag of under 30000 Would it be mass-produced? Yes or no? Would it look like a Tesla? Yes or no? Would it have the software of a Tesla? Yes or no? So Tesla has room to grow, but it has a huge market cap, and the analysts are saying it's expensive. You know that. It's a beloved stock. Can you name the three beloved stocks right now? Amazon, Netflix, and Tesla. Hmm. America's Cup, it all comes down to one race. Are you in? Are you in? Are you so loving it? Yeah, me neither. But I just thought I'd like play it out for a second. Apple iTunes Radio climbs chart of concerns for Pandora investors. The damage that Apple is inflicting on Pandora and its popular online radio services. Apple said that 11 million people have listened to its copycat service, which is included in its new iOS 7 operating system for iPhones and iPads. Apple's entering the market would have a modest impact on his company, so says Pandora's CEO, founder, or ex-CEO, but founder, Tim Westergren. Pandora's got 72 million active listeners. 
interestingly, um, we're becoming more and more accustomed to using Internet radio. Whether it's uh, Pandora, Spotify, tuned in. You know, more and more Americans, 53% to be precise, listen to Internet radio outlets. Um, whether it's online on-demand, online audio, or streaming, more and more Americans are getting used to that concept of you don't need the old-fashioned radio to power up your listening services. So will Pandora be able to continue to charge a premium for their advertisements, or will they have to cut in order to compete with Apple? These stories and more on the days of our lives. Coming up on the show, we'll talk durable goods, we'll talk market stories, market news, we'll do a little financial planning, a little real estate. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You're just Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Sitting in today for CFP Chad Burton on his show from 1 to 2. If you want more Rob Black, tune in later today. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. The Standard & Poor's 500. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Netflix is seeking more Netflix-only versions of Arrested Development. BlackBerry executives sold stock the same day the company announced significant job cuts and warned of sizable losses. That's not good. There's no wrongdoing involved. If they were vested, shares were automatically sold as plans to cover taxes, they say. Wells Fargo will have to face a Justice Department suit over alleged mortgage misconduct. After a judge rejected its move to dismiss the suit, the judge did, however, narrow the scope of the case, dismissing any claims before June 25, 2009. AutoZone is amongst the few companies out with quarterly earnings this morning. Bed Bath & Beyond, Jabel Circuits, going to issue numbers tonight. AutoZone probably suffering from the Americans are starting by cars angle versus keeping their, their beaters on the road. Speaking of beaters, let's take a quick look at where we are in the markets today. We've got the S&P 500 down 1. That's not bad. Dow down 10. NASDAQ down 5. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. Drop him an email, and we'll answer it here on the air. It's chad at NewFocusFinancial.com. Selena sends in an email that says, My husband has the option of contributing to a 403B and or 457 plan. Should he split his contributions between the two plans? Does one have an advantage over the other? It seems the 457 allows for withdrawals, pre-retirement age, so it can be, quote-unquote, more flexible. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's actually a pretty good thought. The person's obviously researching their options. 457 plans and 403Bs are both pre-tax plans. They're typically plans available that kind of mimic a 401K, but they're for government employees. And... Uh, 
403B kind of work like IRAs. You can roll them over at retirement. 457 plans, are, and, and that's a situation sometimes when people retire early, which happens with government pensions, right? If they want to get at the money early, they might say, okay, I need a certain amount of cash from 55 to 60. And so they might want to plan cash flow-wise to have enough in the 457 plan to draw from early. Um, it also comes down to, in terms of where you're investing, on what the overall fees in. Those are both products that are known to be in annuities and have high fees. So you really need to look at the overall fee structure in both of those accounts. They're both the same tax-wise in terms of a deduction. Isn't it, though, a little... Aren't you just complicating your life sometimes by having too many accounts? Um, yeah. I, like, I, I, mean, like, I, like I, I run into people that have 15, 20, 30 accounts, <laughs> and they just accumulated and accumulated over the years, and... and some of those have, like, little, like, $30 annual service fees, and... Or really high trading costs, minimum yeah. fees, all those types of issues. And, and a lot of times, if you have you j- jobs swapped a lot and your 401k is under $5,000, they can eventually look at, look say, okay, we can't find you, so we're sending you a check. Or basically booting you out of the plan because of the administration costs that we have to have you in this plan. So people receive a check that maybe only had 20% withholding, but they owe you know, 40% in taxes on it. Or that check may go to your old home. Get thrown away. Sent to the state, the lost funds. And the IRS is coming, knocking on your door. Yep. When they get that report later that year. What's the difference between a 401k, a 403b, and 457? It's really just a 403bs are for typically uh, school teachers, nurses, health care. 457 plans are typically for government employees. I've done a lot of speeches for teachers, and there's a website, 403b Compare. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's nice. What's what's tragic to me is how many people get access to teachers. Mm-hmm. Every school district's slightly different, but the school district may have like insurance salespeople. And it made it. There was a law that was changed last year, the year before, that we used to be able to go in if somebody had four or three B assets, we could just take a chunk of that and move it to another four or three B account. It's a TD Ameritrade, which is a custodian that I use, and they've closed down the market. So if the provider's not able to sell. To current employees, you can't roll, you can't transfer out, so it locked the market down. And teachers and nurses, they only hear about the options that the salesperson is telling you about. A lot of teachers can go to HR and say, "Hey, is there a Vanguard option, a T Rowe Price option, no load fidelity option?" and avoid the annuity altogether and go straight into the no load funds. Got another email for you, Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. This comes to us from Fam. He works. I work at a large Bay Area tech company. I'm using the target date plans in my 401k. Is that a good idea to max out, or should I diversify into other funds as well? You know, target retirement date is fine for your first, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand um, dollars. If you're younger, it's, it's great. But I don't like the bond choices in most target retirement date funds, and a lot of funds are kind of misleading in terms of how much risk they're taking for older people. So I think it's a good no-brainer approach. If you're with kind of the Fidelity, the Vanguard, the T. Rowe Price, American Century, and the 401K, and there are no-load options, I think that's a fine approach for the younger people. But when you're older, you need more management of the fixed income and more management of the international exposure, in my opinion. Sometimes I say to people, um, they want to buy stocks, Chad. They so badly want to buy stocks. They're like, stay in indexes, stay in ETFs as long as you can. And then when you want to buy stocks, buy one. And see where you stand after a year. Or if you have a spouse, you know, write down what you're going to buy, give it to her, him, and then when you're ready to sell it, you have to write it down again that you're ready to sell it. It's like dual paper trading. Mm-hmm. 
Most right. people just don't have the time, or, or they won't they won't follow that advice. But they'll remember, and that, that's where people get in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I would have bought Facebook when it dipped to eighteen. I said I would. I see a lot a lot of times where even for people that I manage money for, they'll they might manage their own little account, and the husband and wife will have a contest. Really? Um, who can make the most money out of their $10,000 Roth IRA, for example. Does this contest end in love, glorious love? <laughs> Always. All money conversations in, in a hot love, tub. glorious love in a hot tub with champagne. Who was that Ron Burgundy character? Lo- I love you. Anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, tongue wrestle. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I don't even know what that segment meant, but it is what it is. 800-516-1220 to get your calls there. No one ever calls. Why do I give out the number? People are afraid of me. Boo. Boo. By the way, favorite holiday is Halloween, in large part because the fantasy that comes with it of dressing up and having fun. So it's the the fantasy of the dressing up part that's... So intriguing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, going to be in a Dumb and Dumber sequel. Does that surprise you, or does that tell you that their career is struggling? Um, I don't know. First film, I like you a lot. Certainly um, had some funny moments in it. Anyway, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Coming up in the show, Dr. Jeff Rose and Chief Economist, briefing.com. Going to chit-chat with us. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in Rob Black and Money. CEO Stephen Elop, CEO of Nokia, got a $25.5 million bonus for selling the company's smartphone division to Microsoft. Hmm. Same compensation package as his predecessor, but he pulled it off. He had a very short-term incentive to sell the company. Interesting. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. That's kind of what we do in media. We just throw it out there. Samsung brilliantly decides to release a gold version of the Galaxy S4. Does that surprise anyone? Scientists break the world record for the most efficient solar cell. That's kind of exciting. A German-French research team, who would ever have thought the German and the French worked together, but they have, have created a solar cell that can convert 44.7% of the sunlight it receives into energy. That's pretty impressive. 
Cells made of nitrogen and boron-based compounds that enjoy high conductivity. The team came up with a new way of binding the cells that further increased efficiency. The new cell would eventually be used um, some of the fastest type of solar power, concentrated photovoltaic installations. 50% efficiency is considered the holy grail. It's good to know. I'm not, like, pee myself excited by it, but it's good to know. Robert Schiller, an economist that I wish had one hand. Even more so than an economist, a theorist of economies tied towards colleges. He said, I'm starting to worry about a bubble. The release of yesterday's Case-Shiller Housing Index has some people talking about bubbles in the housing market again. He said, in some cities, it's starting to look bubbly. Of course, real estate is always a very local thing. Keep in mind, someone earlier this week said, hey, should I buy a rental in Cupertino? Got another person who wants to buy real estate in a SEP IRA, which I think should be illegal and criminal. I think the people that tell you to buy real estate which is already very tax-efficient on its own, to put it into a tax-efficient vehicle like a SEP IRA, clearly trying to get commissions from you. At the point of, well, I think it's the best idea, because I make money on it. Real estate is very, very local. So Schiller said certainly he knows that it's local. He said the really dramatic cities tend to be the cities that had bubbles in the past. California, Phoenix, Vegas... It's regional somewhat. He sees problems in Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. That's where price appreciation was off the charts in 2000. And they're doing it again. So if you take a look at a chart of the price increases in areas like Vegas, it is pretty crazy. The way it went straight up in 2004, 2005, up to 2006, before it went straight down. So San Diego is not anywhere near where they were as far as uh, the height of speculation. But it's starting to spike straight back up kind of in that area. As is San Francisco, as is L.A., Vegas is still 48% off its highs. San Francisco is 20% off its highs. So we're getting back to bubbly valuations. And again, I think I've already said this numerous times, and I'll say it again. My home's up a half million dollars in four years. I didn't put in solar. I don't have Home 2.0, which drives me to work. My home doesn't have apps. There's... My home doesn't have advertising. That's egregious. So the person that was able to afford it four years ago couldn't afford it today. And for someone to come in and afford it today, I would... I'd almost make that deal. I don't look at home appreciation as given. I don't even look at it as, like, ideal. You're lucky if you get it. If it keeps up with inflation, you're you're damn lucky. 
there are certain parts of the country that will never see appreciation again, like Stockton. Uh, suddenly there's like an oil find in Stockton, or there's gold in them hills. I'd say the same stink job of cutting off a chicken's head and watching it bleed out will be the same stink job of cutting off a chicken's head and watching it bleed out without a lot of wage inflation, because we're already seeing Obamacare change the way employers hire people. There's more part-time work being created across America. The employer mandate of Obamacare says that any business of 50 or more workers forced to offer health insurance or pay a penalty of $2,000 per full-time worker. Those working over 30 hours a week. The simple way around this is to reduce people to 29 and a half hours a week and hire more part-time workers. Massachusetts had already done you know, mandated health care. And they saw a reduction in job growth during the first few years of the implementation. So there's a cleaning company in Florida that, you know, a year ago, 80% part-time. Um, a year ago, it had 50% part-time workers. Now it has 80% part-time workers. People are very careful of that threshold. Job growth has been overshadowing GDP growth by a substantial margin this year. Lower productivity, doubling up of part-time workers. You know, employers are trying to game the law, so to speak. We'll see how it plays out. J.C. Penney's is getting crushed. I'm going to talk with an analyst tomorrow about J.C. Penney's on the air. 7.30. Jacques Pony, the famous French retailer. Like, what do you do with that company? Seriously, like, stop and think about what do, would you do with that company? I haven't been a, I can't even find J.C. Penney's right now. Stock's at $10 a share. 52-week low hit today at 9.93. What would you do with this company? Like I said, I can't find one. It was founded in 1902. J.C. is rebuilding its inventory. When former CEO Ron Johnson tried to change the face of the company, started doing so by getting rid of a bunch of classic brands that customers love. Now the new CEO is trying to get those brands back in the stores in time for the holiday season. That costs money. They don't have a lot of money. So their cash levels are going to fall from $1.5 billion at the end of the quarter to $755 million. Will there be some gradual improvement in same-store sales going forward? Yeah. And is the stock probably pretty cheap at this point in time? Yeah. But the capital expenditures are aggressive right now. They're going to have to raise some cash. And when you're desperate to raise cash, the terms aren't so good. You come to my house and you say, Rob, I need $10. I'm paying all my bills. I just need $10. I'm like, okay. You come to my house. You say, Rob, I need $10. I'm not paying all my bills. I'm like, eh, not so much. Dance for me, monkey. Anyway, that's about all I got for you. And then you're saying, that's it? I can go home now? Yes, you can. So Disney's considering producing content for Netflix, Google, Amazon. Interesting. They want to be a content creator. They want to create brands that they own the IP to. They want to exploit Marvel and Lucas that they own. 
they want to get away from the Lone Ranger type films. Didn't see the movie. Did anyone see that movie? Can anyone tell me anything about it? Oh, I got nothing else. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Um, Amazon doing that Mayday button, trying to create a genius bar inside of the device. I can't say that I'm totally excited by that, but they did come out with some faster Kindles, which, you know, give Jeff Bezos credit. He says flat out, we're not going to make money on the device until you use it. I picked up a Kindle just to see what it's all about. It's not bad. It's definitely not as sweet as an iPad, but it's a lot cheaper. Facebook got a $60 price target today. Twitter rolling out personal recommendation features ahead of their IPO, trying to make it more relevant for more people who use it. It's a discovery tool. And that's okay. That's like if you follow Apple, for instance, it may tell you to follow some of the designers that work at Apple or some of the executives. I get it. You don't want to miss that all-relevant tweet. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, what you can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at Find me online, robblack.com. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Money in 1220, KDOW. I tweet, but I promise you, I'm not overzealous about hashtags. Just so you know. Less than a month away from Halloween, or a little bit more than a month away. I'm somewhere in the right area. I'm going to be dressed as Velma this year. I know you're saying. That's odd. If anyone wants a report on Tesla, I put together uh, some of their earnings calls yesterday for a friend of mine who's interviewing with the company. Uh, if anyone wants a copy, Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Copy of the Tesla reports. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be sitting in for CFP. Chad Burton on New Focus on Wealth today at 1 p.m. Flying. Planes are incredibly complicated. We all know that. There's a lot of myths about flying, and I'm one of those guys who likes to take on conventional myths. I think you're going to need 10 to 20 times your salary to retire happily, to live to the day you die. That's where I'm starting my numbers for you. Some people think 100,000 is enough. I think that's a myth. Here's a myth on flying. Opening a plane door while in flight is a real safety risk. It's not. When the plane's at cruising altitude, it's pressurized. That pressure means that getting a door open would require superhuman strength, and you're not going to be able to do it. You cannot repeat, cannot open the doors or emergency hatches of an airplane in flight. You can't open them for the simple reason the cabin pressure won't allow it. Chad Burton just texted me. He said, I am glad you're not overzealous on hashtags. He kind of is. Just so you know, CFP Chad Burton overzealous on hashtags. This just in. 
You don't get drunker faster at a cruising altitude. That's not true. There was a recent test done by Mythbusters, which as you get older, you start to learn, like, television's kind of redundant, and if you find a good show, you kind of latch on to it. But Mythbusters did a test where who's a better driver, someone who's legally drunk or someone who is talking on their phone with Bluetooth? The better driver was the drunk. That's interesting. That, that like, defeats myth, right? I don't, I, I hate Bluetooth. I hate cell phones. I love the weekend where I go away camping and no cell phone. Hopefully you get a little bit of that, too. A small hole in a plane will lead to everyone being sucked right out. Not true. A small hole in a plane's fuselage is a different matter, and that would be disastrous. After a foot-long breach in Alaska Airlines MD-80 plane led to emergency descent in 2006, the breach was a small one. The cabin pressure had escaped. It would be reasonably assumed the plane was going to stay in one solid piece, and it did. So J.C. Pitties has got a cash problem. Kanye West wants to be a... Listen to this. I love him. I actually don't love him. I'm actually being sarcastic. Hashtag sarcastic. Hashtag funny. Hashtag Kanye is not really someone I like. Kanye West wants to be the anchor of the first trillion dollar company. And he kind of wants to do it, get this, by designing basketball uniforms for his high school team. His brand called Yeezy. He wants to take that step, and then another step, and then another step. And he eventually wants to do uniforms for the whole city. He wants the uniforms to be hot and make money. He eventually wants to be the anchor of a billion dollar company. After that billion dollar step, he wants to be into a trillion dollar company. I say good luck with that. He says that he's a futurist mentally. Now, I want you to get a million dollars, 10 to 20 times your salary. I want you to get some sort of nest egg concept out there. But I don't want you to be a futurist mentally. He says that they're going to play this interview in five years. He did an interview with the BBC. And he says they'll play this interview in 10 years and say he called that. Let's pull a phone call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Chris. Hashtag bad caller. Hashtag talk. Hashtag cell phone stinks. 800-516-1220. Let's just say he's not there or he's clearly hashtagging something out there at this point in time. He wanted to know about the mortgage rates and where they'll be in a year two years. And no one really knows. I think the what I will like to go on record saying is the end of the ultra-low-cost mortgage is here, but we still have low-cost mortgages. I'm not worried as much about the mortgage rate as I am people buying what they could afford and not chasing performance. So would I buy on my street? Probably not. Would I look for others? Sure. Um... With that said, cautious, please. Um, buy what you can afford. Profit-taking continues. Five down days in a row. Wah, wah, wah. It's over. The bull market's over, I tell you. Five down days. Oh, no. We're up. We're up. We're up. SP 500's up less than one-tenth of a point. Dow's up seven points. Dow, Nasdaq's up two points. All less than one-tenth of a percentage point. But we're up. And up is the, the new not down. Hashtag soaring. 
Hashtag hot markets. Hashtag future retirement. New home sales jumped 7.9% in August. Americans stepped up purchases of new homes in August after cutting back in July. Um, SP 500 in that four-day losing streak. Financials rebound after having a rough four sessions. JP Morgan seems to be in the hot water with the government on a regular basis. Makes me want to buy. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm not looking for no-brainers. Durable orders reports indicate a 1.5% increase in non-defense capital goods. That's positive for third quarter GDP. I'm going to sit in for CFP. Chad Burton, new focus on wealth later today at 1 to 2. I'm sure this, the show will be cutting edge and will teach you incredible ways of becoming filthy rich or maintaining your filthy richiness. Hashtag awesome. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Find me online at robblack.com. Robblack.com. We've all heard the stories. Stories of people who have built incredible wealth and found financial freedom through investment real estate. But where do you buy? In the Bay Area or elsewhere? What do you buy? Three months on us. If you're lost, stranded, or need help, we'll be there. Offer good on 2006 or newer digitally equipped GM models. Visit OnStar.com. Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm no Pollyanna. I want the markets to go higher for selfish reasons, but at the same time, I know that we've had a very, very, very good year. You can't expect markets to go up 20-30% every year. It's not realistic, and it's probably unhealthy. So why are we up this year? Is it the cheap monetary policy? Yeah. Yeah. And when that ends, will we have to switch to an earnings-driven? Yeah. The cheap monetary policy allowed the expansion of, of valuations. Anyway. Um, but I, I started the segment by saying I'm not a Pollyanna. Do I want the markets to go higher? Sure. Do I cheer them to go higher? Sure. I believe in capitalism. I believe that corporate America is smarter than you think in the sense of they are profit-driven, at the cost sometimes of social issues, for sure. Social issues could be the poor getting poorer, the wealthy getting wealthier. I don't judge the social issue angle of it. My job is to get you to retirement. My job is to get you starting to think about how much you need in a nest egg. And I don't care if you're Amanda in San Jose, if you're Dorothy and Wren, if you're a shook in Cupertino, I don't care if you're in Walnut Creek. You've got to start thinking, how much do I need to retire? Social Security is going to be a very, very small part of your retirement income. And the younger you are, the smaller it's going to be. The longer you're going to have to work. I don't have to work till the day I die. I'm in a blessed situation. Most people in America are going to have to work till the day they die. They are not in the same blessed situation. And I find that tragic. The one thing I think we should try to do well in our lives is treat retirees with dignity. You know, you've worked your whole life. You've contributed to Social Security. You've contributed to your economy. You've contributed to your nation. Some of you fought for our nation. And the only thing I can continue to pound on is you've got to save a lot of money for retirement. 
If you're a cop, if you're a firefighter, if you're a teacher, you're going to have a decent retirement based on your years of service into an industry that didn't really let you get ahead in life as much as, uh, say, the founder of Facebook. But it wasn't bad to you either. Treated you with pretty good benefits. You risked your life for us. For the record, I think teachers risk their life probably more so than firefighters do at times, right? Because um, teachers are in the position of they're just trying to teach and sometimes that doesn't work out that way that students earn it for something totally different so Oracle sued over an unpaid $33,000 strip club bill that's what I work with that's my stories today right internet radio services are becoming more mainstream over 50% of Americans 53% are using some sort of internet radio outlet personal streaming, live online audio, music on demand. You can get a copy of the show at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. There's a podcast of it, but there's also at iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. You can also find me streamed and in other places like YouTube and Twitter, Rob Black Show. Durable good orders for the month of August, slightly up, reversing a recent drop. That's nice. It's not going to change the world, but it's nice. Twitter rolls out some personal recommendation features ahead of their IPO. There's two big IPOs coming up. Twitter and oddsmakers in Vegas are starting to say, what's the ticker symbol going to be? TWTR or BIRD, B-I-R-D? I know you're saying oddsmakers are honestly saying that. Yes. And Alibaba. I just like saying Alibaba. Which Joe Kernan got into a heap of trouble. When Becky Quick on CNBC brought up the fact that she'd just been to India and she pulled out some rupees. And he said, you know, he looked at it in this picture of Gandhi on and he said, are these good at 7-Elevens? Which probably shouldn't have come out of his mouth because she was instantly pissed. Co-anchors or co-workers, whatever you want to call them, co-reporters. Um, and he said, I probably should apologize for that before I have to. It's weird when you see someone kind of say something incredibly stupid that you know you're in the industry of just whatever you do, don't say something incredibly stupid. Yeah, which I've done, and I readily admit it, and not proud. Here's a headline that I love because it tells me what's going on in America. Man arrested for alleging, allegedly assaulting girlfriend because she disagreed with him about the value of gold. Now, I've been in fights with, with loved ones. Never about the price of gold. That's gold. gold. It got physical. He's been arrested for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend during a heated argument about gold. A 21-year-old Los Angeles man was arrested after assaulting his girlfriend. He became agitated and upset. He allegedly was so upset that she was differing with him regarding the value of gold. She claimed that he informed her that he was always right and was at that time resentful that she was daring to argue with him. He expressed his displeasure by pushing the victim to the ground, sitting on her, sitting on her. And then he hit her, basically in her arms. You know, what could that have been about? Is gold $2,000 an ounce or $1,000 an ounce? What's the next direction? His bail set in dollars, not in gold, which is 
the punchline of the story, right? But what's wrong with people that they would fight over the value of gold? I don't know. S&P Case Shiller Index yesterday showed just some great price and spe- uh, price spikes in San Francisco and L.A., in Vegas, in San Diego, in Phoenix. Well off their highs, somewhere between 20 and 50%, but still spikes if you look at charts of the prices. It's a myth that recirculated air in planes spreads diseases. Just so you know. Just so you know. It's J.C. Penny. J.C. Penny sitting in a 52-week low today. Basically, they're having big, big problems um, with cash flow. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about... Facebook price target now 60. Yesterday, analysts had 55. Today, analysts had 60. People are gushing, talking about the promise of mobile advertising. I think Facebook's going to be pretty powerful in the long run because 1.1 billion users, they're going to get up to 2 billion, 3 billion. They're going to get two to three times the size of the Super Bowl, and they can target it. I can buy an ad with them that says, I want people who earn over $50,000 a year. I want men in California. I want the cats from South Carolina. I know you're saying, can you advertise directly to cats? I didn't know that. Well, they'll be able to do it if your cat's on Facebook. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Markets are trying to break a four-day losing streak. Will we pull it off? Right now, it looks good. We're up fractions. We've been down for most of the day, but we're up fractions at this point in time. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Motorcycle accident in Walnut Creek in this Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Southbound the 680 and North Main. This motorcycle involved in a crash. Looks like no injuries, but the left lane is blocked. Traffic is already stopping. Over. At the same time, orders for equipment rose unexpectedly, raising hopes business... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I try to bring you a nice variety of... What's out there as far as stories of the day? I try not to get too caught up in durable good orders up slightly in August, reversing recent drop. It's good for the GDP. A good GDP number makes people feel better about investing. You can win as an investor in a GDP environment of 2 to 4% growth. Tougher to win when you're at 1% or below. Orders for computers and related products bounced back last month, increasing 7.8% after a 13.5% drop the previous month. Motor vehicle and parts orders also improved. 
Portrait and sign of business investment order for non-defense capital goods increased 1.5% after dropping 3.3% in July. It's pretty good numbers. I'll say I can move on from that and say pretty good number. SP 500 is up 3, trying to break a four-day losing streak. Dow's up 29, NASDAQ up 8. CFP, Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. NewFocusFinancial.com. If you want to drop him an email so that we read it on the air, chad at NewFocusFinancial.com. Let's talk retirement portfolio construction. As a child, I loved construction. Building things up, tearing them down. What do we need to know about our portfolio construction in our golden years? Uh, well, you, you really have to start dealing with the retirement portfolio construction about 10 years in advance. Okay. Because what you don't want to have to do is say, oh, I'm retired. I'm now going to shift out of stock, sell all my stocks, and go bonds and cash. And by the way, it's 2009 or it's 2001. So really what it becomes is try to accumulate all the equities in the beginning and dollar cost average into that. Be aggressive in your 20s, 30s, and even 40s. And then that way you can slowly accumulate the bonds and the, the, the cash side of the portfolio later on so your stocks sit there and continue to reinvest the dividends, compound, and accumulate. So then you end up with three years' worth of expenses and safe money and then the rest in a nice balanced portfolio. So that's kind of the, one of the main pillars of, of what the, the start is because if you have that expenses in cash, the three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash, you can weather a bad market even if you start your retirement in a bad market. You're going to be okay. If we were having some day beverages... Do a little day drinking. Could I get you to say no bonds for a portfolio under fifty and just accumulate these later? Well, yeah, especially on a you know uh, period of rising interest rates. Yeah. However, there's some attractive areas of high yield and emerging market debt that you know have a nice six seven percent return. And really, we need to see revenue growth out of companies. Otherwise, we we won't get that grand rotation from bonds to stocks. We need to see revenue growth. Not just central bank involvement. And we need to see it soon, because there's so many good things happening, monetary policy, economic policy, and we're not getting that revenue growth yet. And if we don't get it soon, there's an economist that I was recently reading that said, we'll never get it. Well, that's why you you get these people that are out there saying, don't buy bonds at all, but you you still don't have just the, the pure revenue growth. We've got the bottom line growth that says exit those areas and create that grand rotation. And it's a global world, so you also have to have you know about 20% of your bond portfolio in international bonds as well. So there's always opportunities out there somewhere. Now, international bonds are different than emerging market bonds, right? Not necessarily. You want a good, flexible global manager okay. um, that can do some emerging market debt. You know, there's, there's emerging markets that have better balance sheets than we do. They don't have all the debt that the U.S. does. But there's currency issues you have to deal with. So the manager has to be good with bonds and with currencies and be able to hedge that. Okay, I think I'm on to all this. What else do we need to know as far as portfolio construction? And maybe some deconstruction. When do you start selling some, if it's like overpriced, not overpriced, but if it's had a big move, do you deconstruct your retirement portfolio and, and construct some of the, the unpopular areas? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way to do it is you have your cash. You've calculated very carefully your, your annual portfolio draw. At the end of each quarter, you know you're spending your cash. And at the end of each quarter, if you have a positive quarter, if you've spent $20,000 of cash and you got $40,000 of gains in your portfolio, sell 20 of that gains. Yes, that means you pay taxes. Replenish the cash. Pull the winnings off the table. It's as simple as that. It's, it's really a, a monitoring situation. Um, if you have a negative market quarter, you just rebalance inside the portfolio. 
the income that we get from Social Security, and again, you and I have this argument that it may not even be available to you and I, but let's say mom's getting $20,000 a year of income. Do we look at that as like $400,000 of no. securities? No, a lot of people ask that, or they say, is my pension make up for my bond allocation? Probably. It really doesn't. The way the calculation works is that, let's say you calculate your taxes, health care costs, and everything else, and that number is you know, 150000 and you're getting 30 from Social Security and 20 from a pension, that means you've, of your 150000 50000 is covered by, by guaranteed income sources. Any chance so there's 100000 left over that you're going to have to draw from your portfolio, so you need three years' worth of that. So pension, Social Security, dependable rental income reduces the amount of cash you should have on hand. It doesn't reduce the amount of bonds necessarily. Any chance you and I get to retirement in 10, 20, 30 40 years and everything you said is just crap and you have to change it? Well, we've had to change things anyways because the 4% draw rate rules were created in the 90s when bonds were paying 6%. So we've had to go into bond alternatives um, and and other assets to help maintain. Because the only way you get more than that is you take more risk. Well, if you're taking more risk, you need to have a backup guarantee um, that says, well, if things fall apart, you're still going to get income from the age of 80 on. So you have to look at bond alternatives today to, to maintain the, the same 4 to 5% draw rate that people could start when they were in there in the 1990s. Anything at your website that you want to plug, anything you want to push? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the construction and, and even the deconstruction, the rebalancing process, you can watch a webinar at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. It's Chad Burton. You can email him, chad, at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Did a hour and a half conference call with Chad yesterday, and uh, can't tell you how proud I am of the work that he does as a financial planner and the information that he gets out there. I'm sitting in for him today. His show will take a step back with me as host, but new focus on wealth today from 1 to 2 here on KDOW 1220. Some of the people that I'm proudest of are the people that I've helped get gigs in media. Um, you need help. You need as much information as you can get how to construct portfolios. It's a lot of people just accumulate stocks, and they make a huge mistake. Amazon's unveiling a new version of its Kindle. Netflix is thinking about more arrested development. Disney's thinking about doing content for Netflix and Amazon, as well as um, <clears throat> Google. Oil prices have dropped. Gas prices have dropped for 23 straight days because oil prices have dropped because stress in Syria has kind of pulled back. Crude was squirting at two-year highs a couple weeks ago, but it's pulled back a little bit. You can find out more about me at robblack.com, more about me at robblack.com, YouTube and Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, talk with Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefconomistbriefing.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefConomistBriefing.com. Dr. Rosen, are we facing the apocalypse with the debt ceiling? What's your What's your <laughs> feel on this? Um. I don't know if apocalypse is the right word, but it's, you know, if we do go over the debt ceiling, we're going to have uh, 
you know, probably some severe market reactions. Uh, it's actually quite unknown, you know, how people are going to respond to, you know, a potential default. I mean, there was talk on uh, by Paul Krugman this morning that, uh, you know, if you go over the debt ceiling and you default, you may actually see a decline in rates. And I thought that was kind of odd, but, you know, he was just talking about that uh, it would push people into recession and things would go farther uh, down the road. But, I mean, in all in all, it's not a good idea to default on the U.S. debt. It's not a good idea to make, you know, the world's riskless asset a risky asset. With that said, you brought up Paul Krugman. Um, anytime that I bring up or quote him from the New York Times, I get just flack. People either love him or hate him. Is he someone you uh, follow? Because he could kind of be negative, or he could kind of be showing you the dark side of economics. Um, there are things about, about Paul that I really enjoy. Um, okay. There are things about him that I don't like at all. Uh, he gets very into political grandstanding, so if you don't follow his political views, he comes off as a, as a smug, uh, you, know, you know, jack something. <laughs> but gotcha. uh, all in all, his, his, you know, he's a smart guy. His analysis when he uses statistics and uses mathematical models is right on. His idea that, you know, we're, we're, we're in a demand crunch, a liquidity crunch, and not a uh, structural problem or a structural, uh, with structural unemployment and whatnot is pretty spot on. And his usage of the ISLM model as a standard bearing on why we're in this crisis, I think, is, is absolutely correct as well. Okay, you just said something that I think we need to explain a little more or get your, <laughs> your words on it. Um, demand crunch, there's a phrase that, you know, you can't push a string. Is that the problem that you're seeing in the U.S. economy at this point in time? Is that there's just not enough demand? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it realistically, I mean, the idea that, that there is a slack in the demand side, which is preventing you from, from going out of this, is, is pretty accurate. And the idea that you have, you know, fiscal constraints that are actually uh, making things worse because you're reducing demand in that sector is also keeping the economy from moving forward. So, you know, and we're looking at Monday and Tuesday as things getting potentially worse with a, with a potential government shutdown. So, you know, it would be great if you could have some kind of fiscal uh, stimulus to boost the economy because there there is really no other way to uh, release animal spirits and get and get the uh, demand side rolling again. But we've got monetary stimulus. Who needs fiscal stimulus? <laughs> well, yeah, except we're at the zero bound. And you know, as much as we want to believe that quantitative easing is is great, and the idea that uh, you know the Fed didn't taper because, you know, you need more quantitative easing. I mean, the gist of it is, you know, the San Francisco Fed showed that it added, you know, like a tenth of a percentage point to GDP growth. That's a whole lot of money spent on a whole lot of nothing. And, I mean, to keep quantitative easing going is probably the correct idea, considering where we are in, in terms of economic growth. But you can't go any further. You can't push the economy ahead through monetary policy anymore. It, it, it's you know, ability to help the economy is close to zero. Okay. So you're not exactly making me feel good about the back half of this year. <laughs> I'm not very happy about the back half of the year. You know, I'm concerned about where things are headed. I'm concerned that, 
you know, you're going to get a derailment next week, you know, possibly seeing 800,000 to a million people out of work, uh, at least temporarily. And there's no guarantee that those people will uh, receive back pay either, uh, simply because a lot of people think that, well, if you're going to put them out of work, you might as well cut the budget from that, and why pay someone if you're they're not working? So, I mean, just in that, you're seeing the potential of a big, big weakness and outside of you know that sector i mean investments weak consumption's weak where else do you get growth housing <laughs> housing you numbers look good strength. today yeah, yeah. I mean, they look good on a relative scale they look good in the fact that you had a big crash in july so you saw you know a little bit better than expected bump in sales today um I'm not very excited about that. It's still it's like second lowest of the year, so we're not talking you know great numbers. And we're, we have mortgage rates that are still elevated, and, and they don't seem to be coming down at a pace that I would want them to come down at. So you're not seeing the affordability conditions ease, and you're still seeing some price growth. So it's difficult for uh, for potential home buyers to come into the market. I mean, we're, we're just getting this this idea of stagnation is just developing in in lots of different sectors right now how about gas prices coming down is that going to help our economy yeah uh, i'm looking for anything today dr rosen <laughs> um I mean, nothing not all is bad we, we had a pretty good durable goods report this morning i mean the uh the shipment side of uh, non-defense capital goods went in the right direction, and, and that is factors into GDP because shipments are actual sales as opposed to orders that just come in and then could be produced or not produced. Um, but overall, it's a gloomy picture. I mean, uh, my GDP expectations for the rest of the year are, you know, one to two percent. I, I don't see anything moving out of that range. And, you know, looking at 2014. You know, I see a lot of the same. You know, maybe you get to two percent, maybe two point two, but realistically, one and a half to two point two is probably you know the best we're going to get, and unless we can start seeing some animal spirits give way and, and people breaking out of this this funk and, and moving demand forward, which doesn't seem to be happening. I was distraught last week, so I bailed on my interview with you that the Fed didn't start to taper. What was your make of the Fed not tapering? Because there seems to be some conspiracy theories about it. Well, my take is the same take that I've said on you know our, our briefing website, you know, ad nauseum for the last couple of months. If the Fed truly was data dependent, there was no reason to taper at uh, the September meeting. Absolutely none. I mean, you have unemployment that is you know down to 7.3, but a lot of that is because discouraged workers left. It's not all because you know of decent job growth. You have inflation running at you know between 1.2 and 1.5 percent year over year, which is well below target. And you have a Fed that's been trying to actually get the inflation levels above target, you know, 2.5%, uh, just because they're trying to spur economic growth today as opposed to having people wait for tomorrow. So when you have low inflation and it's decelerating and you have high elevated unemployment, how can you suggest that, you know, the data is pointing towards uh, a, a tightening policy? And that didn't happen. And, I, and I'm glad the Fed kept their uh, their foot on the pedal and, and, you know, are going ahead, even though quantitative easing doesn't you know, necessarily do too much for economic growth. I say something on the air that I want you to challenge or just go with. 
I believe in the stock market because I ultimately believe in capitalism. Am I off base with that simple statement? No. No. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know necessarily if the stock market today is overvalued or not. I, I generally don't get involved in that. But, you know, businesses are doing well because, you know, they've cut costs and are so lean that they're able to make money. You know, I, I don't know how much growth can come out of that, but they're able to just survive on 1% to 2% GDP gains. You know, and they're able to survive fairly well given what you know what corporate profits are. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't look at, at corporations and say you know expect them to, to get weaker or worse or that's not not a good idea. But I mean, you know, the stock market's been you know proven to show that. Anything else that you want to hit while we've got a couple minutes left in the segment? No, I think that uh, next week is going to be a big week. I think that um, the debate over a government shutdown and the debt ceiling is, you know, more important than you know all the talk over the last two months on, uh, you know, is the Fed going to taper or not? Tapering, you know, you, you may have seen a you know a slight change in interest rate expectations. Here, this is real economic uh, responses. You will see uh, a big drop in, in spending because of a you know a government shutdown. And if it's prolonged, it'll make things worse. And if you go over the debt ceiling and you uh, have to default on bonds, it's a big unknown. I mean, it's really hard to say what can happen when the world's risk-free asset all of a sudden becomes uh, a risky asset and everything's got to be traded off as some kind of default probability. And that worries me. But it's not going to happen, right? I hope not. Uh, I've never seen an inept Congress like this. I mean, I guess it's the same thing in 2011 and, and things ended up being all right, but I don't like the idea of just pushing the can down the road three, you know, six weeks, three months, whatever they decide to do, and have to go through it all over again. You know, make a decision, do it, and go forward. Yeah, I was a little distraught yesterday when I saw Ted Cruz read Green Eggs and Ham uh, at Congress as part of a filibuster, and I was just like, that can't be good for the United States economy. Yeah, and I, I actually was looking at that this morning, and I, and I laughed because it seemed like he didn't understand what Green Eggs and Ham was talking about, because he's he's against Obamacare, and, and I'm not you know for or against the policy per se, but Green Eggs and Ham is about a guy who uh, doesn't want to try Green Eggs and Ham, even though Sam and I am keep saying try it, you'll like it, and then in the end, once they do try it, he's like, I love this. So if you look at that as a you know an analogy for Obamacare, if people try Obamacare, does that mean they're going to love it? You know, is he preventing people from trying it? I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm surprised you know the story of Green Eggs Ham so well. Uh, I got little children. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Always delivers. You can find him at Briefing.com, providing independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. AM 1220. 500 I guess I understand it, but poachers poisoned 90 elephants with cyanide at a national park. 
Industrial cyanide used in gold mining was put in remote water holes and on salty ground that the elephants like to lick after drinking the water. They die, they take their tasks. How is this happening? Like, that's one of the things that this show just totally fails at. I, I, some things I just don't logic, I don't get. White House is unveiling some prices for Obamacare in 36 states. With new health insurance markets launching next week, the Obama administration is unveiling premiums. Before tax credits that work like an upfront discount for most consumers, sticker price premiums for a mid-range plan are going to be about $328 a month. You're going to have to have it. For millions of Americans, new options will finally make health insurance work within their budgets. For other people, they don't have that kind of money, and they're young, and they're healthy, and they don't want insurance. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. To give you a little bit more color on this, if you're making, you know, not a lot of money, you know, your premium is going to be about $145 in nearly every state. Uh, when you use a tax credit, it's going to cut your premium down to about $74, somewhere between 74 and $100 a month, but that's what you're going to need. For a family of four making $50,000 a year, the tax credit's going to cut the monthly premium for the plan down to $282. That's still a lot of money for a lot of people. Now, again, does it lead to better health care? Uh, I'm not going to even, like, can I even get into that without pissing everyone off? Probably not, right? Facebook gets buy rating at Canaccord, $60 price target. Gas prices are falling. Samsung's releasing a gold version of the Galaxy S4. Not much of a surprise when Apple showed us what strong demand there was. The SP500 is looking to end a four-day losing streak. We're battling today. doesn't feel like much of a battle because really what we're looking at is the debt ceiling issue that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. J.P. Morgan seems to be the government's scapegoat on corporate scallywagging. The S&P 500 is up 4, the Dow is up 28, the Nasdaq is up 11, the 10-year Treasury is 2.64%. New home sales jumped 7.9% in the month of August. Amazon unveiled some new tablets with a live video help desk. That doesn't feel all that exciting, but I guess for some it is. Um, the Hatfields and McCoy, their feud is restarted. <laughs> Ain't that great? The History Channel's Hatfields and McCoy's White Lightning tells the story of how the famous Warren families are setting aside their differences to get into the moonshine business with the help of former Picardy executive, Monsel Darville. And, yeah, they're upset with each other over trademarks at this point in time. I know. Reality TV stinks. I looked into doing a national show last year, and the gist of it is they wanted me to scream. And I, I just, I'm not a screamer. I'm not going to go, you need 10 to 20 times your salary before you retire. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, JCPenney seems to be running out of cash. The United States Post Office wants to seek a three-cent increase for mail. 
making the stamp now 49 cents to send a letter. They are in a precarious financial situation. The post office said it would ask for adjustment to bulk mail rates in a filing with the commission. A big increase in rates could hurt them and lower postal volume and revenues. I am stunned that they're as disastrous of a scenario as they are. But I'll keep that to myself as best I can. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, you can talk about it. Um, I don't think there's anything that's killing me to talk about right now. Because I think I've hit it all pretty good. The Dow, the Nasdaq, the SP climbed to fresh highs. Small cap index is in positive territory. Russell's on track to register a fresh record close today. Um, energy, materials, and financials, telecom all doing well today. Consumer discretionary, healthcare, tech being the laggards in the market. Autumn gas prices falling, which is nice, giving us a little bit of a break. Kanye West wants to become the anchor of a trillion dollar business. I think he is coming across as kind of silly. 800-516-1220. Other stories of note. Let's see if there's anything shocking or jumping up and down. Robert Schiller talking about a bubble in housing in very particular markets. He's talking Vegas, Phoenix, San Francisco, L.A., San Diego. And he's basically saying, you know, the history of how much they spiked last time and how they're spiking now would suggest be careful. And I appreciate that. With that said, I know a lot of you fall online and love him or hate him. Durable goods higher. GDP good. You can find me online at robblack.com. I'll be sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. New Focus on Wealth today, 1 to 2. You can find out more about that at newfocusfinancial.com. Get a podcast. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Take care. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.